November 17, 2023. This morning's class is dedicated by A.B. Cohen in memory of his grandmother, my great aunt, Annette Cohen. Hayya bat le'ah alea shalom. We're in Masechet Bavakama and Daledamut Bet, 11 lines from the top, uh, three words onto the line. The Gemara says, Tane Rav Osha'aya. Now the Gemara will later refer to him as Rabbi Osha'aya. Tane means he's uh, citing a Beraita. And uh, in turn, in this Beraita, in contrast to our Mishnah, which had four Avot Nizikin, four primary categories with regards to damages, this Beraita will instead have 13. And then at the bottom of the page, bottom of the Amud, will have Another opinion, another beraita from Rabbi Hiyah, which has not 13, nor 4, but 24. But let's uh, first understand what are these 13, and then the Gemara's question, just to map out the, uh, the future of the conversation, the Gemara's question will be, why does this beraita count 13, and our Mishnah only 4? After all, if it's in Av, it means it's in the Torah. If it's in the Torah, it means you're fully liable. Why shouldn't it be considered in our first Mishnah? What would distinguish between these two opinions? So here's this statement. asar avot nizikin. There are 13 primary categories of nizikin. Now he won't deny the four of our Mishnah, but he adds nine more. What are they? Shomer hinam v'hashoel, nose sachar v'hasocher. Those are the first four. Those are uh, colloquially known as the arba'a shomrim. Those are the cases where a person was given, under one of several circumstances, an object or an item from another person to watch over it. There are four different types of situations. First, the types of situations, then basically the laws. Anyone who's learned the Masechet Baba Metziah is well familiar with these four Shomrim. Shomer Hinam is a circumstance where I'm given something to watch over, and I'm not getting paid for it, but I don't have the permissibility to use it either. Now that's case number one. In terms of liability over there, I'm only liable if I'm poshea. Poshea means I'm negligent. If it can be proven or determined that I was negligent in terms of my safeguarding of your item, then I'm liable. That's a shomer hinam. Uh, the next on the list is hashoel. A shoel is a person who's allowed to use the item, and they're also not paying for it. It's a, someone who's borrowing. In such a circumstance, you're liable for everything, even if it was honest, even if it was out of your control, that the item got stolen, damaged, whatever it is, I'm liable in such a circumstance. That's the second on the list. Nose sachar, alternatively known as shomer sachar, is a situation where I'm paid to watch over your item, but I'm not allowed to use your item. So I'm being paid for it, but I'm not, uh, no permissibility to use it. Whereas shoel uh, was neither paid uh, but it did have, it wasn't paid, but you did have the ability. And again, the details of these are not altogether relevant for us now, but important to know what we're talking about. means I'm being paid, but like a shomer chinam, I don't have the ability to use it. What am I liable for in such a circumstance? Not only pishia, negligence like the shomer chinam, but furthermore, what's called geneva va'aveda, if the item was stolen or if it was lost, not from negligence, but if that's what happened, I'd be liable for that. If it's honest, if it could be proven based on circumstances and situations that are determined by the rabbis, that it was out of my control entirely, so then I'm exempt, but that's the next on the list. And then last one is what's called socher. Socher is a person who's renting. I'm paying rent and I have full capability to use it and to use it in whatever fashion I want. 
there's a machloket about how to determine the liabilities of the socher. Uh, a socher in the Gemara in Bava Metzian Daf Gimal has a machloket. It either has the laws of Shomer Chinam or alternatively of Shomer Sachar. Either way you slice it, those are the four situations. Again, Shomer Chinam, I'm watching over it, don't have ability to use it, and not getting paid to watch over it. Second case is the Sho'el, I'm not paying. I'm not getting paid, right? I'm not getting paid more importantly, and I have the ability to use it. Third case is Shomer Sachar, I'm being paid, but I'm not allowed to use it. And fourth case is the Socher, I am paying, I'm renting, and I have the ability to use it. Each one of them, aside from the last one, have their own liabilities. Well, Shoel is entirely obligated. Shoel is Hayav even for Onasim. Shoel is, but the last one is different from all the other three, right? <laughs> all four of these are different. Yes, the last one you're paying. Mm-hmm. All right, well, you know, it's mahloket. You're certainly responsible somewhat. You're paying. You're renting something. You still have liabilities. Then you have more liabilities. All right, you know, we'll learn Masech Bava Mitzvah Mitzvah Hashem. Sorry. He's saying, he's 13. Yesterday he said that there's four, and then there's four later on. I said today as well. Four plus nine. And then, so he's saying 13, and that's it, the entire. Can't be. Can't because be. the Gemara will later mention 24. So the question will be what Right, that's a wonderful and important question. First and foremost, just knowledge in general. So they're, they're listing them. Uh, beyond that, that's what I mentioned yesterday, what do we gain? I don't have a good answer to this. What do we gain from what's in the 613 mitzvot and what's out? If it's all in the Torah, if the other ones that are left out are in the Torah, so who cares if it made it into the 613 or not? I don't have a good answer to that. Over here as well, it's all classification questions. What do you and I gain from reading it? We gain a different knowledge in different situations. Ultimately speaking, when we hit the list of 24, nobody's going to disagree with those. There's not going to be a disagreement. It's just going to be a disagreement about whether we should count it in our primary count, even though we agree to all of them. It, it's a f- they're not toledot. They're mefurash in the Torah. They're avot. So the Gemara, Rashi already refers us to this. The Gemara and Dafhe is going to ask, so what's the Toledot of all of these? How do you have a Toledah, a Shomer Chinam? What's the Toledah? And the Gemara, ultimately speaking, is going to say pretty much all of these. We can't come up with Toledot. The only reason we refer to them as Avot is to say that the payment, if you're coming from land, has to come from your highest value land. That's what we read in the Mishnah. It's the definition of an Av. You pay from the highest value of your land or of the land of the person you damage. All right, but anyway, that's the, uh, so those are the first four. Where are they in the Torah? They're in Parashat Mishpatim, as Rashi on the left-hand side cites. The Gemara in Masech Bava Metzian Daf it says, if you read the Piksukim carefully, of course, through the lens of the rabbis, you'll find all four of these Shomrim. Famously, Rashbam, in his commentary to the Torah, reads the Torah entirely differently. He doesn't find four Shomrim in the typical sense, the way the rabbis have it. He has different laws, different understandings, but traditionally, those are the four Shomrim. Again, it's a Bava Metzia, the next of the Seda Nezikin conversation, but those are the first four. Now, notice and realize these first four are not per se different in terms of the way that you damage. 
the difference in terms of liabilities. Whereas in our Mishnah, we saw four different ways of damaging. Hashor, Habor, Hamaveh, Hayver. Over here, they're all the same type of damage. I was supposed to safeguard and someone took it from me or it got ruined or whatever the case is. But we're including that as part of Nizikin. Nizikin, the word damages, isn't defined as the action per se. It's the consequence. It's the fact that I have to pay. That's our count over here. So those are the next four. The, the next five of these, of these uh, 13 uh, we're familiar with from the conversation yesterday. First, Nezik. Nezik refers to if uh, a person strikes another. A person strikes another person, damages them and hurts them in some way, they have to pay uh, based on what they did. How do you determine that? The Gemara will tell us in the eighth Perik of Masechet Babakama, you determine how much this person would have been sold as a slave on the market before he was damaged, and how much now that you beat him up, he'd be, uh, he'd be sold for in turn. I don't know exactly how we would determine that today, but that's the way you determine what Nezik is. So Nezik, again, whereas in our Mishnah we were talking about to property, even according to Rav, that Mav'e refers to a human being, it's a human being who took your, uh, your box and broke it. That's Adam Hamazik. Over here we're talking about a person who punches the other, who kicks the other, who bumps into him with the car. Person. You hurt a person, that's Nezik. The next four are what we know as the Arba'ad Devarim, Sa'ar, Viripui, Shevet, Uboshet. Those are the four other obligations with regards to Adam Hamazik Adam, Adam HaChovel Adam. A person who hurts another person is liable not only to pay for what's called Nezik, we just defined. Sa'a, you determine uh, how much they were pained from this, and there's a way of evaluating that, the Gemara explains. Ripui is the medical bills, you have to pay for those as well. Shevet is how much time they were shovet. Lishbot means to cease work, it means that they were out of work, they lost money through that, you have to pay for that as well. Uboshet, and how much embarrassment is incurred through this act of damage to them. Uh, they don't want to show their face any longer, the people are talking about them. They're all explicit in the Torah. Explicit in the Torah. These are, these are all there. And so on and so forth. Uh, so what we're dealing with is, again, the four Shomrim plus the five liabilities of a person who hurts another person. Four plus five is nine. And Arba'ad Matnitin, the four of our Mishnah. Shor, Bor, Hev'er. That equals all together, ha talesa. That equals 13. That's our final count with regards to Rabbi Oshayaz, 13 Avot Nezikim. Indeed. Jeffrey already has preempted. In other words, our Mishnah clearly. I mean, not clearly. Our Mishnah would be cleanly differentiated from this one if we argue that Mav'eh is not a human being. Remember, the mysterious one is Mav'eh. Shemuel will have an easy interpretation to why our Mishnah is different than this Beraita. That's going to be the first line here in the Gemara. The Gemara is going to say, according to Shemuel, we understand the difference here. Our Mishnah talked about property which damaged something else, a person or other property. That's our Mishnah. These nine additionals are all when a person did something. I was supposed to safeguard and watch over your item, the first four. I hurt you, the next five. Uh, that's an easy distinction. The Gemara will say, this works nicely for Shemuel, who defines Mav'eh as your property damage, and what about according to Rav? That's exactly what's coming on over here. Says the Gemara, Ma'ita'ama lo tane hane. 
Tana Didan means Tana means the author of the Mishnah. Didan means ours, our author of the Mishnah, meaning the Mishnah that we open the Masechet with. My Tama, what's his reasoning? La Tane, that he didn't teach. Hane, these. In other words, these additional nine. And again, they're all explicit in the Pesukim. Nobody's disputing that. So if you say, oh, I don't think that's in the Torah, all right, we could talk. That's not the issue over here. As Rashi points out, the four Shomrim are explicit according to the rabbis in Masechet Bavak, Mitzian, Dav Tzadidalet. The uh, five liabilities, if you strike another person, are explicit in the Torah. And again, that I, those Pesukim I just mentioned a moment ago. And in turn, the question is, so then why'd you count four as opposed to 13 answers the Gemara initially, Bishlama. Bishlama means it's understood. Understood. Milashon Shalem. It's complete. It's, it's easy to understand. Lishmuel, according to Shmuel, who defined Mav'eh, remember the third of those Avot of our Mishnah, uh, the mysterious one, the one we didn't know what it meant. According to Shemuel, it means your animal, which damages by means of benefit to itself. Uh, you can argue that the Mishnah is, well, let's think about it. Shor which is, according to Shemuel, regel, okay, then bor, okay, so animal, bor is a pit, mav'e, which is shen, which is an animal, and then hev'er, or ish, is fire. All four of those are not me. All four of those in the Mishnah, according to Shemuel, are my property. Oh, sorry. What's that? Keren is later, according to Shemuel, according to Rav Yudas' interpretation of Shemuel. So you can answer, though, according to Shemuel, b'nizkem mamon kamayere, you can answer that our Mishnah was kamayere, was dealing with niske uh, mamon, nezek, nezikin, damages, mamon, my property. It's dealing with my property which damaged. It's not negating these nine. It's just not what it's dealing with. It's talking about the four of property damages to another as opposed to myself to another. Ela le rav. But according to rav, who the third, mav'ev, the four avot nezikin, refers to a human being, litne. It should have taught it. In other words, our Mishnah couldn't and shouldn't have sufficed with just four. It should have instead had 13, like Rabbi Oshaya has. Answers the Gemara, Tana Adam v'chol milede Adam. Rav would answer that when the Mishnah says Mav'eh, which means Adam, a human being, it refers to all matters of human being. So our Mishnah says, Hashor, Habor, Mav'eh. Mav'eh is, uh, what, has, what lies underneath Mav'eh? Not just... Uh, one case where I break your box, but rather every case you can come up with, including these nine. So according to Rav the Gemara is suggesting, when it said Adam, it was a loaded word. When it said Mav'e, it was referring to a human being who damages all. That was a pretty good claim. The Gemara in turn says, Rabbi Oshaya, then you're too verbose. You're talking too much, Rabbi Oshaya. Why didn't you speak more succinctly? Just right. There are four, like our Mishnah, and mention Adam, and you'll know all the others. We'll figure that out. You don't need to list all them. Shouldn't we make that claim to Rabbi Oshaya based on Rav's logic? According to Rav, that Mav'eh means Adam. Uh, isn't that a claim on Rabbi Oshaya, who lists all 13, nine independent? Answers the Gemara. If we started with Adam, it's four, but Rav is consistent. But then Shemuel is really not consistent with Rav's four. Meaning, even though it's 13. Again? Rav will remain four at all times, correct? Rav on our Mishnah. In other words, the Gemara's claim right now is that according to Rav, it's still four, even though you could break it into 13. Yeah. We already kind of did that according to Rav anyway. 
Kashor, according to Rav, means Keren, uh, Regel, and Shein. So we kind of did that already. We already said that it's loaded with more. It didn't really mean four. Uh, I, I understand the difficulties in all these classifications. Again, it's an old, not, not so old, but a pretty old way of categorizing. We don't do this as much any longer. Yeah. It's not just the key points, also not what you're damaging as well. Because there's going to be different... Uh... Oh, so that's, that's what the Gemara is about to answer. And I was at this, the, Gemara, I was, the Gemara's question is... Why didn't you just assume Rabbi Oshaya that under Adam is everything? And the Gemara's answer will be, we need it to be a little bit more clear. We want it to be clear. Our Mishnah would talk about Adam, a human being who damaged Behemah, damaged the box, damaged something else. This Rabbi Oshaya is a human being who damaged others. Very nice. Well, as Jared always thinking about ethics, morality, and, and, and principle says that the response can and should be, and we're going to see it, the reason Rabbi Oshaya found it necessary to list all these others independently was you can't just lap, you can't just place on top of any damage a human being does uh, everything, just, just Adam. No, there's certain sensitivities to human beings as opposed to property. Not discounting, discrediting uh, damaging property, but we have to pay careful attention to human beings. Uh, yeah, it is. The, the ordering of the Mishnah according to Rav is, is, is parenthetically, is, is, is hard to understand. In other words, it's Ashur, Habur, and then you're mentioning Adam. Why did Adam come third? Uh, and you can't make the arguments the way it's written in the Torah. It's not, it's not going to work either. That's an interesting, it's an interesting and important question to, to deal with. Um, Okay, but why in between? Okay, all right, it needs a little bit more thought from me. Anyway, says the Gemara, didn't the Mishnah, couldn't his Beraita just mention Adam? Answers the Gemara, Tere Gavne Adam, Rabbi Oshaya, indeed, in his four, according to Rav, counts Adam, but there are two Gavne. A Givun literally means a color, but over here it means two different types. There's two different categories of Adam, of Adam Hamazik, of a person who damages. In fact, Harambam calls them, the Torah kind of does, two different names. You have a word for damaging property, a human being, and you have a word for damaging a human being. One's called Nezek, if I damage the property, and the other one's called Havala, Lahabol, Het Bet Lamed. Unfortunately, we know that word today from terrorists. Mehabelim means to damage a person, but that's what the Gemara says. According to Rabbi Oshaya, as Jared helped us with, you wouldn't want to count them as one. You want to separate them and say, Tana Adam de Azik Adam, Vitana Adam de Azik Shor. You want to separate them and say, there are two different types of damages a human being can do. If that's the case, we should have, by animals, by property as well, split it up. Why did, if you're telling me the reason would be Oshaya, you have this long list instead of sufficing with the four of the Mishnah, is because the Mishnah mentioned a human being. That referred to a human being who damages the property of another. Rabbi Oshaya says, that's not enough. I want to mention explicitly a human being who damages another human being. 
Oh, very nice. Says Jared, uh, you have to have a certain sensitivity to human beings. If that's the case, why don't you do that with animals as well? Amishnah talks about shur. Amishnah talks about an understanding of an animal damages the property of another. Why doesn't it say also, and if an animal damages a human being, they have liabilities. You should separate that as well. Should you not? Don't you want that to be? Says the Gemara. You should have said, litne shor da'azik shor ve litne shor da'azik adam. Why don't you break up animals? property which damages another, either damages property or alternatively damages a human being. The Gemara's answer is, the re- it's, you're right, nice, good, sensitivity, important. However, halachically speaking, our Mishnah is going to teach us law. What's the difference between property which damages a human being or property which damages uh, um, property? The answer is nothing. They're the same. You pay for whatever you damaged. If a human being damages property, they pay the amount they damaged. If a human being damages a human being, they pay five payments, right? That's the nezik, shevet, ripuyin, etc. That's what we talked about. So the Gemara's answer over here is, listen, I understand and the claim is nice that you want to break everything up, but if it's not going to have any legal differences with regards to an animal damaging an animal, an animal damaging a human being, no reason to break it up. Hi, my, uh, this what, in other words, what are you, what's your claim? Bishlama Adam, when I'm talking about a human being, the Azik, Shor, Nezekud, Meshalem, Adam, Dazik, Adam, Meshalem, Arba, Adivarim. When it comes to a human being, there are different laws. If, an, if a human being damages the property, if I break your car, I have liabilities to pay for the money. If I unfortunately damage you, I have a lot more. There's different laws. As a result, that's broken up. Ela Shor. But when it comes to my property damaging another, Mali Shor, Dazik, Shor, Mali Shor, Dazik, Adam, there's no difference. There's no reason to differentiate and to list them separately, property which damages a human being, property which damages property, they have the same liability, the same responsibility. And what's that called? Nezik, whatever I damaged, I have to pay whatever my uh, property damage. Severe, right? What's that? Killing is different. We're not talking about killing. Okay. That's, that's, a, that's a different conversation. That's killing. Over here we're talking about just damaging. That's a good question. It says the Gemara, okay, Mali Shor Da'azik Shor, Mali Shor Da'azik Adam, Idi Idi Nezeku De Meshalem, Idi Idi means this and this, both pay just the amount that they damaged. Okay, the Gemara has one last question, then we're on to our count of 24. Again, what have we been doing today? We cited, we quoted from Rabbi Oshaya. Rabbi Oshaya listed not just four, but those four included, nine more. And now we're dissecting. Why did he count these and why did our Mishnah not? We, we explained five of them why our Mishnah doesn't have them. Five of them, uh, we can either argue our Mishnah was only talking about property, Shemuel, or alternatively, I can argue our Mishnah is talking about a human being, but a human being who damages property as opposed to a human being who damages a human being. Says the Gemara, but what about those first four which were listed in the Beraitav Rabbi Oshaya? The four Shomrim, the four individuals who are safeguarding, looking after someone else's property. Aren't those just the direct derivative of Adam? Aren't those, according to Rav, the exact same thing as Mav'eh? After all, our Mishnah talks about Adam. What is Adam in the Mishnah, Mav'eh? It's a human being who, as I said, broke something, damaged something. I hurt your property, I uh, hurt your animal, I broke your window, I scratched your car. That's no different than the four Shomrim. What is the four Shomrim after all? I'm watching over your item and it got damaged. Uh, whatever the case is, whatever the specifics are, ultimately speaking, that should be subsumed, that should be under the heading of Mav'eh, of Adam, according to Rav. 
How come those are counted separately? He gave me nice explanations to why he needed to count those other five when a human being damaged another human being. But what about these? These are exactly the answers to Gemara. There's still a difference. Tane hezekah de biadaim katane hezekah de there's still a difference because our Mishnah was talking about a case and specifically about the case where a human being does it biyadaim, which means to say, I bumped into your car with my car. I threw a rock at your window. I did something with my hands or direct consequence of my hands to you. In the Shomrim, it's a little bit less direct. It's a lot less direct. I'm watching over your item and someone else stole it. I'm watching over your item and it got lost. That's right. The difference between supervision and hands-on damage is a difference that's necessary to be listed. Says it to be Oshaya, I want to list, list even the supervision cases. You may have made the mistake. I know it's in the Torah, but you may have made the mistake that they're less severe or the difference. No, those are avota as well. That's what we call hezekah dimimela. Mimela means it happens on its own, but the idea being you were supposed to be surf- surveying, you were supposed to be supervising, and you didn't appropriately. Right, those are the 13 of Rabbi Oshaya, and that's the subsequent conversation about it. We have, as I told you, one more listing. It's it's the listing of 24 of Rabihiya. Same idea. We're going to count 4 plus 5 plus 4, uh, 13 of Rabi Oshaya, but we're going to add on another 11. And what's the next conversation going to be? Why'd you count those 11? Why didn't Rabi Oshaya? Why didn't our Mishnah, etc.? That's what we're next, next conversation. Taner Bihiya. Again, it's all minutia, these conversations in the Gemara. They define details, etc. But when you take a step back, it's very different than standard Gemara. I'll tell you why. Because standard Gemara is for lack of a better word, it's a little sloppy. Not in a negative way. Once you get into the system, you know how to parse out and make sense of it. But the Gemara, generally speaking, takes you twists and turns in different directions, different things. Over here, everything's mapped out very carefully and cleanly. It might be, again, tedious, but it's very clearly building foundation over here. It's building and explaining to you, here's damages, here's how it works, here's the definitions, why are these counted, what are the other cases, what are the derivatives. It's just, if you, if you appreciate it, I know it's tedious and I know sometimes it feels you know a little laborious but if you appreciate it from that standpoint we're building foundations the following are the 24 avot nizikin again all need to be in the Torah in order to be qualified as avot number one tashlume kefil Kefil means paying double. If a person steals from another, steals in a, um, in a hidden way. In other words, it's not, uh, it's not with a knife or a gun to your head, give me all your money. That's what you call gezil. Alternatively, geneva is I did it without you seeing. I broke into your house. I pickpocketed you. That's geneva. In such a circumstance, if I'm caught with the money in my hand and haven't paid it back, I haven't admitted it, I have to pay back what I owed you, plus a penalty called kefil. I have to pay double. I stole $100,000 from you. I thought I wasn't caught, I was caught, I have to pay back 200,000. What's that? Yeah, the value of it, double. You tell, you, if you have the pot, you can give the pot back plus the amount, but you have to pay double regardless. What's that? Of course, I told you, next conversation. Where that? I mean, you could come up with the answer already now. Because careful by definition, is not what I damaged, it's a penalty, it's what we call a kenas. So to be Oshaya, it's the first step in the Gemara, to be Oshaya is counting, yeah, he agrees to that. I'm not talking about penalties, penalties are important, he's talking about damages, primary damages. That would be the answer, we'll see it right away. Tashlume arba'a 
We'll have plenty of conversation about the four and five penalty payment, but it'll sound, if you're not familiar with it, very outlandish initially. When you finish, hopefully, Masechet Bavakama, it'll already be household words and concepts. The idea being the Torah describes if a person stole either a shor or a seh, stole a, a type of animal, an ox or a sheep from another, and they do one of two things with either of those. They uh, slaughter it, shecht it, or they sell it the audacity, you didn't only steal it, you went out, you carried it through the marketplace, you slaughtered it and then sold it or sold it. Ah, that's, 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 uh, the Gemara will describe it as audacity, the chutzpah. Who do you think a different level in terms of your brazenness? In such a circumstance, such a circumstance, you're not just paying for the principal, that's what we call kidding. You're not just paying the kefil, the double, you're paying four times or five times, depending on the situation, of the value of what you stole in the battle. Because we want to, because the Torah is not only building a lawful society, it's building a moral society. It's sensitizing you. It's saying, listen, you had a ten, you were low on your funds. It's not that we understand, but we can look the other way and only make you pay for what you stole. But this is more than that. You were willing to walk out and sell it to another. You were willing to slaughter and go through. Uh, we draw the line there. That's you lost a certain sensitivity. You don't didn't only act wrongfully. Okay, so those are the first two. And again, that's very clearly what we call a kenas as well. So we know how to be Oshayah will respond to the Bihiya again. He'll say, Listen, I agree with you, but my 13 count principle count what's called kerin. It's the amount that well, different different kerin definition. I'll stop using that word for now. A principle of what you stole and what, you're, what you owe, and not, not beyond that, not kenas, which is called the penalty. Ganav v'gazlan. Ganav is a situation I just told you. Stole, but it's not just stealing where you're paying the double. It's the principle that you pay when you stole. Or what do you mean? I'm going to always be paying double. What about if, I stole from you and then I admit to it. I run to Betin, I run to the court, I run to you and I say, I stole this from you. And I wasn't caught. In such a situation, I don't need to pay double. That's called modebi knas patur. I'm admitting to the penalty before being made liable for that penalty of double. And as a result, I just pay. Again, principle is called, it's confusing because we used it another way, it's called kerin. Kerin is called principle, which means the amount that I stole. It's a $100 item, I have to pay $100. Nothing more and nothing less. That's what we refer to in ganav. Gazlan is the brazen thief. What do I mean by brazen? It's a person who puts the gun to the head, who pushes you against the wall with a knife in your back and says, give me all your money. That's Gazlan. He didn't do it without, with, uh, without showing his face. He directly showed his face. Gazlan has an has has, has obligation only to pay the amount that he stole. Edim Zomimim, we've talked about Masechet Sanhedrin. If you learned Masechet Makot, you're familiar with it as well. It's a case of false witnesses in which I, Lo Aleno, together with another person, testify against you, for example, that you owe someone else, that you stole from someone else or owe someone else a lot of money or a little amount of money, whatever amount of money, $100. And in turn, I'm found, together with my friend, to be lying, but not just lying. Two witnesses come and testify about us. You weren't there at the time that you're testifying about. You were with us in another place. That's what's called the Edim Zomimim. So the Torah has a, has a penalty for such a wrongdoing. What's that? Apparently, apparently it's considered a nezik in terms of restitution, in terms of what you're paying back. You, 
Right, it's, it, right. Give me one second on it. For real, give me one second on that. So the answer, the, the halakha is ve'asitem lo They have to pay or get punished as they conspire to do to the other person. What Morris and Abi are really pointing out is you didn't do anything. You just conspired. You didn't even pull it off. If you did pull it off, you don't even have that obligation. In fact, we'll see at the top of Dafheya Mudalif, Rabbi Akiva's opinion, therefore, is that we consider Edim Zomimin not Nezik, but rather Kenas. We consider it a penalty, which is the answer again to the Nathan type of question. Why didn't Rabbi Oshaya count this? The answer will be you didn't actually damage someone. I maybe gave them a headache in court. Maybe you annoyed them, but your, your responsibility to pay that money is not characterized as Nezik, as damage restitution but rather as kenas, as penalty. Ha'ones ve'hamifate, those are two separate cases. Ones is a person who, a man who rapes another, uh, rapes a woman, he has to pay 50 kesef, the Torah says, 50 silver uh, pieces, silver coins. Mifate uh, is a person who seduces another, they also have to pay uh, t- 50 silver coins, that's what the Torah uh, says in each of those cases. So how many cases do we have over here so far? Kefil, one, Tashlmei Arba'ava, Hamisha, two, Ganav, Gazlan, Edim, Zomin, Ones, Mifate, we added seven, seven plus 13, we're up to 20, we have three more. Motsi Shemra, Motsi Shemra is a case described in the Torah as well, where a person gets engaged, gets married to a woman and she enters into it uh, allegedly or with our knowledge that she's a virgin he's with her on the first night he claims she wasn't a virgin in between our time of engagement marriage she must have had relations with someone else uh, she's liable for death penalty but he's found to be lying based on the way they checked the woman in such a circumstance in turn he's got several penalties but the one that's relevant for us is the Torah says he has to pay a hundred silver pieces a hundred silver coins kesef. that's motzi shemra and clear well we'll see if it's at kenas or whatever it is but okay the, it's, but Lashon Hara doesn't have a, a financial responsibility. It's an Isur, but you could damage a person. But in other words, these are, you're right, with speech, but it's speech where there's a penalty or an obligation. And the last three over here are Hametameh, Vehadmedameah, Vehamenasech. Metameh, as Rashi explains, is I walk to a Kohen's property and I see their terumah. A Kohen needs to eat the terumah, which is tahor, which was given to them and is pure. And while they're in a state of purity, but what happens if the terumah becomes tameh? What if the uh, terumah comes in contact with something which contaminates it? It's no longer edible. The most the Kohen could do with it now is burn it and use it as a fire starter or use it as a fire source under their uh, pot. They can't eat from it any longer. It's a major financial loss. I do that to the Kohen. I walk onto their property or I see them holding terumah and I put a sheritz on and I touch it in a way that makes it tameh. Oh, you really ruined their thing. You made them lose money. Hamidameah. Midameah is milashon dimuah or demai in the lashon hachamim. It's that you have something which is terumah and you have something which is hulin, which means that you have something which is going to be donated, given to the kohen, but you also have the stuff that regular people can eat. And now the regular people eating stuff is worth a lot more money, right? Oh, it's difficult be given to a Kohen, its value is much, it's, it's, it's depreciated. So what I did is I mixed all your stuff together. Now you don't know how to differentiate. So all your grain and all your stuff is put together. Oh my goodness, now you depreciated the value of all my stuff because now I could only give it to a Kohen. I could only sell it to a Kohen. It's a major depreciation. That's Medameh. And lastly, Menasech. We'll talk about the details next time, but we know that word from Yayin Nesech. You somehow effectuated their wine to be 
invalidated. Yayinesech is a situation where the wine was used as a libation or the beginning of libation for Avodazara, and the wine in turn is Asur Bahana, is forbidden for consumption and usage or getting any benefit from. Those are the 24 of Rabbi Hiyah. We'll return to them next time. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. 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 Am